We welcome in uh, Peter Gammons. Peter, welcome. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. It's been kind of a fun... Uh, I mean, if you live on the um, the shuttle, in the shuttle world, um, the Yankees and Red Sox, yeah, it, it's not, none of that sort of overstated hatred and all that. It's just really fun to watch a lot of really good young players play. Yeah, I mean, and, especially and, with the ones who jumped up last week, like uh, Devis and, of course, uh, and, of course, Ben Attendee, who had just a great weekend at Yankee Stadium. Well, it, there are so I mean, and now we see Judge start to make adjustments. Um, it's it's really fun to watch them. I mean, that that Devers Chapman at bat was one of those things that if they were to go on and win, we were talking about it. With, I was talking about it with a lot of players yesterday. Um, that's one of those things that you say you remember, like five years later, where a guy comes up at that age and one and two. And he goes the other way. I mean, how many guys go the other way like that in the Yankee Stadium? Well, that, and not only that, how about lefties hitting homers off him? Lefties don't hit homers off him, you know? No, I mean, it's, you know, but it's really fun. I mean, uh, Trevor Bauer was, you know, he said, well, it was a pop fly, it was a joke, a homer, and he hit left. Well, you know what? If you're playing at Fenway Park, just as Aaron Judge in the Yankee Stadium, you can hit the ball the other way. You're going to get some home runs that people go, how was that a home run? Hey, there's a lot you know of pop what? fly home runs in both those parks. You know that. That's right. And that's what, you know, it made, I was saying to somebody today, I mean, look at Mo Vaughn, David Ortiz, um, Fred Lynn, guys who could hit left-handed hitters who could go the other way and hit the ball in the air. It just had incredible, Fred Lynn had the second greatest OPS in Fenway Park after Ted Williams than anybody in history. Because he could do that. So, Dever, you know, so, I mean, the first home run he ever hit in his career was 420 feet in center field in Anaheim. But, you know, and people are going to make adjustments. He's going to go over 28 at one point in his career, just as Ben Attendee was struggling, was sat down for two days. But those guys are extraordinary players. The Yankees have four, five, six really extraordinary players. I think Sanchez will be a much better player because of what he's been through and the criticism he's taken. Yeah, uh, I, listen. He truly yeah. wants to be great. I mean, I, I really, I mean, I, I like him because I know he wants to be great. And, Nune- and Nunez has been a very good pickup. He really has done a terrific yes. job because he, you know, he's a good. He's always been a good hitter. He's not a good fielder, which we all know, but he's a very good line drive hitter, and he's really gotten off to a really wonderful start for you guys. So, I mean, he's been a. You know, I always liked him. I always thought he was a good hitter. We always knew he never had a position, but the bottom line is he's a good. He's become a good offensive player, and he's had himself a nice career now. He really has. He has. I mean, he was a big guy for the Giants. Yeah, he was. So it, um. But it's just fun to watch those guys and not overanalyze them and just say, okay, look, let's go see what they do. And um, it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I mean, why, I why, really, are the Marlins, why are the Marlins – I know he cleared waivers and he would with that contract, but why would the Marlins put Stanton on, on – why would they put him on waivers in the first place? I think everybody goes on waivers in August. Almost everyone does. I mean, it's, there's nothing unusual about that. I mean, if someone were to claim him, and say, well, you know what? I'll uh, I'll take the contract. You know, maybe, just maybe, um, they would uh, they would give. I don't think so, though. I mean, he's still too good. And 
Well, I'm, listen, you, I know, I know they throw the whole team through once in a while, but I would just think it's wild that they even would consider throwing him even in there. I mean, so I mean, the fact that he cleared waivers, I'm thinking, geez, I wonder. It's a weird time with that franchise. Maybe something's going on, but I, I, I mean, I don't know who could afford him to be honest with you. No, and I don't think that uh, Bruce Sherman is coming in, and I mean, he's made it very clear um, to everyone in the organization that he is the boss. He's going to make the decisions now. He's not a baseball guy. So that with maybe Derek's help, Casey Close's help, some other people's help, he's got to find what he wants because that, that organization badly needs to completely redo his um, uh, scouting department as far as the draft goes. They have, to, they have no international scouting, and uh, you can't win without that. Um, there's a lot that has to be changed there. But at the same time, I mean, if they can find a Mike Hazen or some guy like that, actually, my uh, my suggestion is Tim Neary would be a great guy to be like the front of the Marlins. Um, Brian Cashman would not be happy to hear me say that, but uh, uh, I think he'd be great at it. And he'd hire really smart business and analytics people around him. Uh, I don't think you have to be an MIT graduate be a general manager. I think you can have a combination of all, all of them in the front office. I think Nearing would be sensational in that job um, in Miami. But And Derek, I believe, really likes him. So uh, that, that might work. And Mattingly certainly likes him. So we'll see what happens there. But it's, you gotta, you know, for the time being, you got to keep standing. You got to keep, you may have to trade one of the other outfielders. You have to make some other moves. Well, they're both good players. Yelich and Asuna are both good players. So, I mean, you get a lot for either one. They're both very good players. I mean, to me, you probably trade, even though I think Ozuna is really becoming a star, I think you trade him because he's going to be a free agent faster and he's a Boris client. And he's not going to re-sign in Miami. So, um, you know, but it's, a, it's really an interesting situation. I don't know about you. I mean... You you know the whole Dolphin situation for years. I always think that's kind of a shaky franchise as well. But I'm just never convinced that baseball is going to work. It's just um, so hard there to, to sell baseball in that town. You know, first of all, you know it rains at five o'clock every day. Secondly, you know, so you have to have, and no one wants to go indoors. It's just the the, the your fan base just has a you know they have a very different approach to sports than other cities do. They don't really have the civic built-in civic uh, population that they no. need there to draw from, it makes it a very hard sell. Uh, you know, people don't want to go indoors. It rains in the afternoons. you got to have a roof. They don't want a roof. I mean, it's, it's just a very tough sell. It really is. The neighborhood at the ballpark right. is, is not easy. It's not a... No. I mean, it's it, it's tough. Um, someone suggested today that Maybe they could, the best crowds would be if Derek Jeter like, signed autographs for three hours every night. Well, that would work, yeah. That, I agree, especially with how many New York people there are down there. I would agree. They, that's all they'd need. I mean, so, the, you know, the bottom line is it's, it's always a tough sell. Listen, it's a tough sell for the Dolphins. You know that. I mean, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's a, you got people who want to go out on the intercoastal, they, uh, people who want to have their own recreation. The people who have the disposable money are people who want to go out and play golf or they want to go out on their boat. They don't want to go sit in a ballpark for three hours. So it's a, it's a very tough sell. Just like San Diego's a tough sell, Miami's a, and that whole area is a very tough sell for, for sports. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that I've always had the impression that if there's one very hot team, 
the Dolphins at one point. The Heat were really hot for two or three years. That works. Um, but if they're not really hot, people aren't coming. And, I mean, there's a little bit of a, you know, is it the kind of, is it the kind of team that's going to sell on South Beach? And those teams are few and far between. Very tough. I, I think basketball is easier for it's later at night, and it can have a little cachet to it. They can go out after the game, so it's a whole different crowd. So I think that can work. I do think basketball, as you said, and and baseball and football are a tougher sell. A couple of things going on right now, um, and who's going to wind up with these bats? A lot of talk now about uh, Washington looking to add a player. Uh, the Angels looking to add a player. Grandison's one who could help somebody. Who else do you see moving here in the next couple of weeks who can help one of these teams? Um, I think that it's too bad because I, I really thought that um, there were a couple more guys on Detroit that would have been, could have been moved. I think those have all been, they've all sort of passed. They've been blocked. So they, they can't be traded. Um, but I do think that um, you may, I mean, I wonder. Um, if San Diego wouldn't move Will Myers. Okay. Um, not a great player. Good player. I mean, um, and I know they've, they've built a lot around him, but I don't see, uh, I don't see him being a guy that's a cornerstone player. Um, and I, I think, you know, uh, the Giants maybe, um, do something with, um, Belt. I think he makes some sense for a few teams. You know, the Angels uh, could actually even use another starter for even three or four starts. They could use another starting pitcher, too. Ab- absolutely. It's just so hard to find. I mean, um, Toronto put a couple of guys on and get, get claimed, the Strata get claimed. Um, that would be a really interesting guy. But I'll tell you, it, 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 I mean, I don't know how about you, but the last two days, waking up, and looking at standings and realizing that if there were a play-in game, wild-card play-in game right now, it would be the Yankees against the Angels. Yeah, it changed and, five days in a row. It was a different team five straight days. Uh, and, and the Angels, their bullpen, I mean, Sosha and Charlie Nagy have done an unbelievable job. I mean, they've had seven different guys get saved. They, I think they've used 17 relievers. But you know what? They lead that division. In uh, relief, earn run average, best save percentage, all that. Their dangerous now. Um, and that Parker Bridwell has been tremendous. I don't even want to. The Orioles just have no idea. Their organization has no idea who can pitch and who can't. I mean, that's. That guy is. Around. I mean, he's been just great for them. He's been great. They said he was a reliever in the Orioles organization. The Angels claimed him, and Billy Epler did a great job, and his assistant. We said, this guy can be a starter. They set him down for a few starts of double A, lengthened it out, and he's come up and been sensational. Um, Skaggs is now back. He's had yep. two starts. Heaney starts this weekend. Uh, within three weeks, um, they're going to have about two or three of their other good starters. I mean, I don't put it past these guys to stay in it all the way to the end. I thought at first. Yep. I like their uh, catcher, too. I like that kid Maldonado at catcher. I, I, I like him a lot. He's a really good player. Mike Sosha has been telling me for three months that he is one of the most important players on that. Hey, he is a good player. He caught my eye when I took my uh, my sons to see Trout two days in a row. He stood out like crazy against the Mets. He played wonderfully. I mean, he really was terrific. I mean, with the bat behind the plate, everything. He really looked good. 
Well, the, the part with the bullpen is, and you know, I'm a, I'm a, I make no bones about it. I'm a huge social guy. Um, but Mike has said all along that this guy, the relievers, so believe in him. And that whole relationship, you know, they, they could take all their uh, framing statistics and, you know, goodbye. I want trust relationship um, and uh, between catcher and pitcher. I, actually, uh, Johnny Bench gave me a one-hour talk on uh, – on the uh, on the whole framing thing, which I wish some of the uh, analytics uh, freaks could listen to, because he caught the other the computer guy said. Uh, but um, he Montalero was so good with the pitchers on that team, and you know, getting the Petites and the and the Bedrosians and the and uh, guys like that through this thing has been amazing. And Mike swears that he is a key part of what's happening. I believe it. He's impressive. I mean, he stood out to me. He caught my eye right away for the weekend. He played really well. He's got a live bat. He's hit 12 home runs. Uh, he hit a couple of long doubles in those games. He also really was good behind the plate. He was very, very impressive. So he did catch. And then the other team, of course, is the Cardinals who have gotten hot. They're very dangerous now. Their pitching has all of a sudden gotten very good. And, uh, to their credit, they, they've done a good, done a really good job. Their starting pitching has been pretty good. I mean, everybody talked about how they were going to break it up at the trading deadline, but they didn't. They made a pretty good offer on Sonny Gray. They made some. Uh, they tried to make some moves to, to improve them and uh, themselves. I find it interesting. The Cardinals' culture is that they never actually believe that they're out of it. And I credit the plot. I look at the team and I go. Um, you know, it looks like a, like they've got seven second basemen playing in the field at all times. Yeah, they look terrible. You know, they didn't look like they had a good player left when they were at City Field a month ago. They didn't even look like they had a decent player in the everyday lineup. They really didn't. But here they are. The pitching's been good. Yep. Wainwright, it's just he, he's like Carpenter and some of those other guys. And you said it, Peter. You said it. Culture. That team, that, that franchise has got a culture. They all believe that when they're there, they got to play baseball a certain way. They all they never they never vary from that. That that franchise has got a culture that is really second to none. To be honest with you, yeah. And I I think we we are on the same page when it comes to sports teams having cultures. Yeah, and they really do. And they and and, and it goes through generations for them. I mean, the Dodgers always did. I don't know if it's been lost a little bit out there. Maybe it has, but it, we know they did. But the Cardinals clearly have been able to keep that culture tremendously through the last decade. Well, I think one of the things that um, Andrew Friedman has done uh, running the Dodgers is he, he is restoring the culture. And you see it where the, the veteran players they get are guys like um, Kike Hernandez and Chase Utley. And they, they get these guys with, with particular makeups that, that uh, end up being terribly important for them. Now, they're obviously the deepest team in baseball. But most of those guys that are the depth, the Justin Turners and and again, uh, Utley and, and Kike Hernandez and, and Chris Taylor, they're all huge makeup culture guys. And I, the, this is a very different Dodger team than the one that, you know, played for about five or six years and we all thought they were really good, but they never kind of, kind of crossed the line. I think it's very different now. I mean, I think they're, they're really a team you have to be afraid of if you're in the National League because uh, um, th- I think they really have it. And there's, Again, that, that culture carries to about 
22 of the 25 players on the team. You know, there's two teams, we're talking about Peter Gammons, that have had those years where they just run away and hid that I would be worried about right now. The first one is Houston, obviously, for all the reasons. Mm. The other is Washington, not just because of the Harper injury, just too many things have set in there. Plus, they've had a lot of disappointment in the past. Plus, Dusty's had a lot of disappointment in the past. I'd be worried about Washington, and I'd be worried about Houston as far as having big years and maybe not being ready for the end of the season. I agree. I think Washington can be dangerous, but their Trey Turner has to be healthy. Harper has to be healthy, and they've got to have Strasburg has to be healthy and. That bullpen, they're going to be able to do the whole bullpen by committee thing in the playoffs. Um, I agree about Houston. I mean, I know that all, all our analytics friends think that they're the greatest team in the history of baseball, but I don't see the starting pitching. And I know that the, the people, the people of the staff really worry about it. Um, you know, how do Mike Fires and guys like that hold up? Well, I think we've, we've all seen that October is a power, power pitching month. And who do they have that are really power pitch? You know, I mean, uh, McCullers is great stuff, but McCullers is a 20 to 25 start guy. He's not a regular starting pitcher. He's not going to give you 30 to 35 starts. Um, Keichel's come back and pitched well, and he's really important to them. But um, are they really going to go into game three with Morton in a big series against the Dodgers? Uh, I, I don't like this. I don't like that sound. I mean, the other thing is with with the day with the playoffs set up the way they are. If you're going to give the big teams days off, you're actually accentuating their power pitches. So you're going to make it easier on those teams to win when they're going to be able to spot their starters the way they are with the days off they get now. Absolutely. Every time anyone brings that up, sort of contrary to that, I go, "Let's go 1998." Um, in all my years. The team I was surest would win the World Series starting the postseason were the 98 Astros when they got Randy Johnson, who went 10-1 for them. Um, but they ended up, he faced Kevin Brown, who beat him 2-1 in game one. I mean, Bagwell up in this day says Brown had the greatest stuff he ever faced at that point in his career. And then, because there was so much time in between starts, Brown started games one and three. And I don't remember who he started against for Houston in game three, but I mean, they're down two to one right away. And there's a Sterling Hitchcock twilight game and the series is over. And, uh, it, that could happen. I mean, actually, I mean, look, look how the Indians got to the 10th inning of the seventh game of the world series last year. I mean, Carrasco and Salazar were all-star double pitchers, um, but they were both hurt and, you know, obviously, you know, they had one great starting pitcher, Kluber. But, I mean, Trevor Bauer and Josh Tomlin and and uh, Ryan Merritt were the only other guys who started games in the postseason, three series, and they could easily have won that last game. I mean, it's – but so there's so much time off, you can pitch your bullpen a lot more and you can use your best pitchers a lot more. So they had Kluber, Miller – uh, and the rest of those guys going much more than you would during the season. I, I think I figured out that if you, you, you took what Miller did and put it over a full season, you would have thrown 380 innings. Amazing. You know, he's paid. For, he and Chapman have both paid for a little bit this year too. I don't think there's any no question. question. I had a long talk with him. No, both of them. Of both weeks. of them were abused last year. Let's be honest. They they got them. They used them. They and they basically made sure there was nothing left. 
Well, all those Indians believers. Um, Shaw was sensational. I mean, they they were really good, and they're tired. I mean, I was talking to Andrew about 10 days ago, and he seemed gaunt to me. And he admitted that you know, it's probably a good idea to go out and disable this with my knee for two weeks because I need to get rested up, and they're going to have to do it with all their relievers before it, before they get in the post. It looks the way Bauer and Carrasco and Sells are. Fine. Those guys and Kluber Clu- Clu- has been so good. Clubers, so I mean, good. He and Sale are the best. Yes. But, but so they're gonna make it into the postseason. Yep. They need to rest their relievers I agree. in December as much as possible. They'll be and able to I do that. With, There's I no one that's gonna challenge them in that division, so they can they can get away with it. And I completely agree. I, I think that Chapman it's I mean he's pitched well, but he's not the same guy that he was last Oh, year. not close. I mean he's still he's still popping the gun, but he doesn't scare anybody anymore. No. And it must be, you know, the the, the movement, whatever. I don't think it's, it's the movement. I think that's it. I don't think there is a lot of movement. I think it's coming in straight as a string. It's coming in 100, but it's coming in straight as a string. And it's, uh, I, 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 those people who think that, I mean, remember last year when Miller was doing what he was doing and, and all those guys, people said, well, why can't you do that over a whole season? Well, they never asked any of the relief pitchers about that. Because it's not possible, that's why, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's um, – I've even felt that even though they didn't go to the World Series, that there have been times in this season with the injuries and so forth that Britain is the same guy. He's still really good, but he's not the unbelievably unhittable guy that could get 50-something saves without blowing one. What team, who do you like in the American League wild card right now with the Yankees? Let's say it's the Yankees one. Who's the other team for you? Um, well, I'll admit, I thought it was going to be Tampa Bay, and they have completely folded. So I would say uh, I think the Angels have a legitimate chance. If they get Garrett Richards back by Labor Day, I think they can get there. And you think Arizona and Colorado will hold on? Yes. I think St. Louis will make a rush, but those guys. I thought last night watching Zach Greinke. Greinke had a great. Uh, Greinke's had a great year. He really has pitched well. Great, yeah. Especially pitching in that ballpark. Yep, he has pitched but really well. He really has. There was something about him last night, the way he went out there. It was like, um, it was like Verlander in his prime. Give me the ball, I'll win. You want I to mean, face him in a one game? I mean, my God. I mean, you don't want any part of that. No, I think it's really important with Arizona and Colorado. Who gets the home field advantage in that? Because anything can happen in Colorado. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you, in Arizona, they, they they can they can pitch and win there. Um, but um, I think it's you just don't know. And by the way, I I don't know if you watched the video. I mean. Such a great thing last night with a kid overcoming cancer. Oh, that's a great story. Back. Yes, one, wonderful story. Twice coming over, been, coming overcoming cancer twice. Twice, but I, I have long. One of the people I admire most is Bud Black, and to watch the video of him coming, sitting down, telling when he was going to take him out, putting his arm around him, and then talking to him, I just thought, you know what? How lucky the kid is! Incredible, but I'm really happy that he's with Bud Black. In, in doing this, because Bud's just got a way with people that's unmeasurable. 
It was a very good story. All right, we'll chat next week. Thank you, Peter, very much for your time. Thank you very much, Mike. All right, Peter. Peter Gammons, back after this.